Well, hello and welcome back to the Tube Kinky Women podcast where we dish about everything kink. I am your co-host, Midnight Lady, and my partner is Mistress Gabrielle. Hi, everyone. Nice to be here again. Nice to know that you're on the other side listening to us. Uh, we've got some great stuff for this after this afternoon's um Podcast. podcast. Oh yeah, it's going to be something. And in fact, um, I'm I'm really like uh, ready to talk about this one. Uh, every top, every dominant has had this experience. So I'll turn it over to Midnight Lady to tell you what kind of experiences we're talking about. Uh, today's episode is something that is dear to my heart. Uh, power bottoms. Smart-ass masochists, also known as Sams, people who top from the bottom, and other pains in the ass. So why do we say that? We say that affectionately. Uh, Power bottoms. What is a power bottom? What is a Sam or a smart-ass masochist? All of these are uh, types of identities of submissives and bottoms. But these are a special brand of submissives and bottoms. I myself identify as a power bottom and a Sam, a smart-ass masochist. Is that also known as a brat? Brat, to me, signifies more of an age play, littles kind of a thing. I don't consider myself a brat. So, but that's just terminology. That's just mindset for me. Other people might say, yeah, you could be a brat. Mm Mm-hmm. To me, brat signifies more of an age play or a littles thing, which is mm-hmm. not this particular episode. This particular episode is uh, regards to, like I said, power bottoms. What does that even mean? Topping from the bottom. What does that mean? So, topping from the bottom is where you set up the scene with your dominant. Uh, dominant says, we're going to do spanking. This is going to be the scene. It's going to be spanking. And the bottom is like, well, I want you to use this toy. Spank me for five minutes and then use this toy. Spank me for another five minutes and then cuff my hands and spin me around and pitch my nipples. And they have a whole laundry list of things that they want to do in the scene. Um, and so you, we call that. Topping from the bottom. We sure do. And I don't know any dominant or top uh, who has not had the experience of a uh, person they're playing with who is topping from the bottom. And um, essentially, there are quite a few, I think, definitions of topping from the bottom. Um, But the one that you have described in other words, your laundry list of what it is you want to have done to you by the top in this particular play experience is probably the best way to describe it. Everything is orchestrated by the bottom. Now, this is an interesting, an interesting aspect of what it is that we do because most of us who have been in the scene um, for any length of time realize that the power in a scene, essentially comes from the bottom. And what I mean by the power is, if it's not negotiated, if it's not okay with the bottom, if it's not agreed upon, 
then you don't do it, okay? Now, unless you have a consensual non-consent agreement in place with your bottom, then what's going to happen essentially is whenever this person gets either squicked or too much of this or not enough of that, they will use a safe word. What are you going to do? You're going to stop. That's it. So who ultimately has the control in a scene? Well, what it is that we do is a lot more than impact play. What we do in the scene is a lot more than whipping somebody or flogging somebody. What it is that we do in the scene has got a lot more to do with the mindset. It's always about the mindset. Can you have fun with power bottoms, brats, bottom toppers? Can you have fun with somebody who's topping from the bottom? Absolutely. Oh, you have a lot of fun. Tremendous amount of fun. Very sassy fun. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And the dynamic, particularly if you discuss this dynamic beforehand, wow. I mean, you really could have a good time. And um, it doesn't have to be all about pain. It doesn't have to be all about one aspect of the dynamic. It can be a multitude of things as long as the mindset is there. If you take yourself too seriously, I think as a top, you might get very turned off by a power bottom or a Sam, smart ass baskets, or um, anybody who's topping from the bottom. And there are some dominants and some uh, tops who take what it is that they do extremely seriously. And uh, that's not my preferred kind of play partner, but it might be yours. So that's okay too. I mean, there's no question about it, but the mindset has to be agreed upon before the case. Some people get very turned off to a smart-ass masochist. Other people have a lot of fun and say one more comment out of you, and in goes the gag in your mouth. You won't be able to say one thing, and if necessary, I will use bondage to make sure you don't use your hands. So in any event, uh, it is what you make it like any other kind of scene that that we do, right? To, for me, because I, I am a, a self-proclaimed power bottom, uh, but I don't do it in a way that is offensive or, you know, detracts from the scene. I'm more, and and this also goes along the lines of a smart-ass masochist, which we haven't defined. We should define smart-ass masochist. Oh, you hit like a girl. You hit like a girl. (laughs) That's just one indicator. You say things to intentionally niggle. Yeah. You know, niggle. It's just sort of like, you're just slightly irritating. Right. You know, just a or little... to get a rise out of the top. A little sassy. Right. I like to call that a little sassy. And then my dominant would be like, oh, you want to be sassy, do you? Oh, okay. You know, I usually end up paying for it with my bottom. <laughs> Somebody once said to me, um, do you think he could use the nipple clamps on me now? Because I'm going to fall asleep. Oh, my God. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Well, I did more than that. (laughs) Absolutely. And, of course, that was the reaction that uh, he was. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So if you're willing to have fun, you can really have some fun Uh, You know, in the early days of my kink 
career, my kink community, uh, a friend of mine, Solstice, and I, we were like the Abbott and Costello of kink. We were part of uh, Not For Everyone, which was a group out of Jersey, which I was co-hostess with, with another fine, fine woman. Oh, I remember those days. That, those days were great. Uh, so we were sort of like the entertainment. And I, being the power bottom and smart-ass masochist, would uh, intentionally bait and and needle and slightly antagonize my dominant uh and he would usually bring out bigger and bigger paddles <laughs> and well, you know it was good for business because we were entertaining and yes. people wanted to come back and people wanted to patronize the group and support the group so we had a very good time. And you uh, made it very clear to people who were watching, and a lot of whom were first-timers or yeah. people who were not experienced in the scene, to see that you guys had a sense of humor and you were having fun, oh, which we is a wonderful laughing thing. That's the right. Whole, I'm, and, and I am a huge masochist. I have a very high pain tolerance. And wooden paddles... Uh, with holes, without holes, paddles were my thing back then. I was a very big uh, paddle enthusiast. So, you know, you'd start off with a little one-cheeker, and by the end of the night, you're looking at this, you know, two-foot-long, you know, wooden paddle. Um, you could have a scene where we laughed through the whole thing. I mean, I'm getting my ass handed to me, but it was funny the way we were interacting with each other. And some people were very put off by yes. our jovial. Yes. Uh, we were the Abbott and Costello of kink. And then again, it's about the mindset, as as we were saying. And if that's the kind of scene that you enjoy, yeah. don't let S&M and kink be so serious that you can't have a fun exchange with your dominant um, especially if you know that person well and they know you well, you know how far you can push the envelope without being obnoxious or, uh, you know, disagreeable at that point. Because generally speaking, if you were to play with somebody that you did not know well or had never played with before, um, if somebody starts needling you in that regard... Um, you don't really know how to take it. You really don't know what the hell is going on unless prior to your starting to play, you got that negotiation going on. And I will say to my top, um, can I, um, can I be a smart ass at least a couple of times? Um, a little sassy. A little, a little sassy with you. And I'm curious to see in scene what your reaction is going to be. Great. You talk about that kind of thing. But I would not do pickup play in a dungeon with somebody who takes themselves extremely seriously, and you know who you are. Uh, I would not do that and try to be a smart ass bottom uh, or another type of pain in the ass um, unless I knew who I was playing with, because not everybody appreciates it. It's always about the mindset, right? But let's look at it as an opportunity to play and have fun. fun. What's wrong with that? Yes. Nothing. 
Yes. And I, you know, I do, I call myself a power bottom, but you know, and I say to myself, I have control issues, which is such a dichotomy for a, a submissive, a submissive with control issues, you know, like, and I say that affectionately. Yeah. Oh, I could never do a consensual non-consent. I have too many control issues. I am the least submissive person I think you'll ever meet. But I'm also a smart-ass masochist. And, you know, and a good way to get my masochistic needs met is to be a submissive. Right. A bottom. Right. right. So the two, for me, go hand in hand. They blend well. Uh, here, is the, here is the crux, though. If you contain me, you will have my loyalty for life. If you can have that playful banter and that playful exchange and that you hit like a girl, you know, or God, is that the hardest you can hit me? Yeah, my grandmother hits harder than that. <laughs> so someone who can manage a power bottom um, is going to get a lot out of it. And that power bottom, who is successfully managed by a top, is going to get a lot out of it. It's it richer. It's it a is. richer. It does. It enriches the experience. And again, you're having fun. Okay. The yes. seriousness that we sometimes uh, attach to our play sessions Um well, you can continue to a certain extent, but you really can have a mellow time with this, a fun time with this. And who says that you should not be able to do that? Why does everything have to be um, serious as hell? I mean, truly, it can be just fun and you can enjoy the hell out of each other. And, uh, you know, a well-placed smack after a smart-ass comment, that can resonate big time, Okay. Uh, a, a, a selection of toys at your disposal. Well, you pick out one that perhaps you would have waited later for, but you're going to play with it now. And you're going to say to your uh, smartest masochist, so you think you're all that, huh? Wait till I take out my single tail. Then we'll see just how all that you are. And the best is yet to come. So there's a lot of different kinds of scenarios that we can do with a smartest masochist, a brat, a power bottom, a Sam, uh, though, will generally meet you where you are, too. A good Sam, anyway. What I mean by good Sam is somebody who's smart and bright and quick. And uh, if you haven't gagged them, uh, <laughs> anything can happen, right? Absolutely. They keep you on your toes. They, they keep you guessing. They do. They really do. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have agreements in place before you do things like this. I mean, there is never an opportunity um, uh, to, to, to either belittle or humiliate your top or master or dominant that is nice. That's not where we're going with this, okay? We're not going with humiliation. We're not going with belittling. What we're looking at is a challenge. The smartest masochist or a power bottom is a challenge, okay? To me, that's what a smartest masochist presents, a challenge. Can I keep my cool? Or maybe I'm going to try to keep from laughing, okay? And be as serious as I possibly can be, just as a foil, to, you know, my power bottom who thinks 
they got it all together. Well, no, you don't, because I'm going to be doing something totally unexpected, which is I am going to, oh, say, be extremely serious, not crack one smile, even though it might mean that I'm going to have to put my hand over my mouth. Right, because she's as funny as hell. Right? Okay. The other thing is it can be, as you were describing that scene earlier, very entertaining. Now, I know as people who play in the scene, in public play or whatever, uh, I know that um, there are things that that you really don't want to do in front of other people or whatever the case may be. So talk about it ahead of time. This is a negotiation, just like everything else is a negotiation. Okay, and for somebody you know very for a very long time, you know exactly what's going to happen. But somebody you're meeting and playing with for the first time may not be the time to uh, really uh, bring you know, out your sense. Yeah, maybe may not be the time. So you have to think about it. You have to use that montage. You have to think about uh, where is this going to end up. You know, it's almost like the way lawyers are taught. You never ask a question of a witness unless you know the answer that that witness is going to give. And I think that's the same thing with the uh, with, with this type of dynamic, with um, uh, power bonders and smart-ass masochists. You know where they're coming from. You know what they're going to do. And particularly, um, um, they're aware, okay, that they can only go so far. They know that. There's no, there's no question in my mind that if somebody you're playing with for more than once or twice or even maybe just once is enough, you know what can and cannot take place within that play date. You know. Uh, you know when you go too far. You really do. But to me, again, I want to emphasize, look at it as an opportunity to play, okay, and have fun. I'm not saying that you should be entertaining the entire dungeon, but what I am saying is that this is a fun experience. Enjoy it for what it is. Okay, we don't all have to be serious 100% of the time. As a, a dominant, since I'm a switch, as a dominant, you have to look inside yourself and see, you know, what kind of bottom do you resonate with the most. So I went to a munch. And at the bunch, we had to do the round robin, which is where everybody says their name, how long they've been in the scene, and how they identify. Right. And so I, you know, I said, I'm I'm Midnight Lady. It's over 25 years now. And and I identify as a power bottom and service submissive. Um, And someone knew, didn't know what that meant. Uh, What does, what does that mean? So, you know, I was just like, I I top from the bottom. And so they didn't really understand that. But you can't say too much in the round robin. So I went over to say hello to someone. And that person actually came up to me and and in front of these other people and said, what is that about? And I told them what that, in more detail. And another woman said, oh, I, I couldn't handle that. It would totally deflate my dominant balloon to the point where I, I couldn't continue the scene oh my like she's so invested in her idea of her dominance how she likes to play that she could not 
tolerate playing with someone who wasn't 100% obedient. That will never be me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so she and I, completely incompatible. Right. That's okay. That's fine. That is perfectly fine. What I'm The point I'm bringing out is the knowledge that she cannot play with somebody like me. She can't play with somebody who's a sardist masochist or a power bottom. You're not a match. We, and that's 100% okay and good information to have. So you have to really look inside yourself and say, hey, what kind of person do I like playing with? What's my ideal, you know, playing partner type person? Um, if you like a little bit of challenge, you don't want it submissive that, that is completely obedient and uh, less engaging than someone who will give you a run for your money. Um, so you you look inside yourself and have those conversations with the bottom. If the bottom comes to you and says, hey, I'm a little sassy, are you okay with that? Well, what does that mean? Uh, well, I might get a little mouthy. I might say something to get a rise out of you, or I might, you know, shake my butt and wiggle my butt at you a little bit or something, or, you know, complain that you don't hit hard. Or, boy, is that the biggest paddle that you've got in that bag? Um, it's those conversations. If that's how you want to play and that's who you are as a player, then. Tell them that. So this is a scene that needs, this is a play activity that needs just as much negotiation and discussion ahead of time than anything else does. any other type of scene. Right, right, right. A humiliation scene. Right. you got to discuss how the humiliation and where and what's going to be said and how is it going to be said. It's still all negotiation. It's all communication it's hey i like to play this way do you like to play this way too yes no okay it's 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 definitely a style okay and it doesn't have to be your own only style it can be a style from time to time or something along those lines you know um but let's go just a little bit farther into this and and we know that we want to use this as an opportunity we want to use this type of scene as an opportunity to play and have fun but where, where is the line when topping from the bottom becomes unmanageable for the dominant? Where is that line? Okay. Is there ever a line? There, I think there, there is. There is a line, and you and I affectionately uh, have a name for this type of bottom. We call them the doomy bottoms. Do me, do me, do me, do me, bam, do me. Yes, well, I want to do this. Oh, okay, we'll do that. But then after you do me. Right. Um, and whiny do me bottoms. Uh, this is not one shop, you know, you're in charge, you get everything and we get nothing. This is a group thing between you and the other person. You both get your needs met. You both do things you like. Um, sometimes you might have to do something that you like, but they love. And you're like, ah, I'll do it because it makes them happy. That's right. 
Uh, but then they do things for you that they're only in like with, but you love. Well, I'm not too keen on massaging her feet, but I'll do it because I know she really loves it. The do me bottoms are nine touching your feet. When can you spank me? No, I, I ain't giving you a shoulder massage. When can you whip me? You know, they're not willing to come to the table with their half of the scene. They just want to be bottom. They just want to be whipped. They just want to be spanked. They want to be fucked. Touch my penis, ma'am. That gets old. And that's where the, the power bombs are so insistent that, oh, use that paddle, ma'am. No, no, use that cane. No, 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 use this. No, 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 when are you going to fuck me? <laughs> you know, you're like, dude, we're not even five minutes into the scene already, and and you're already telling me I need to, like, fuck you. I'm like, we, we didn't even negotiate sex. Right, absolutely. So there's a danger there. Right? There's a big danger. There's a danger of becoming a kink dispenser. A kink dispenser. I'm sure nobody's ever heard of that before. Ha ha. Uh, kink dispenser. You know, so many dominant women that I talk uh, talk to, so many dominant women that I know, um, have at least once complained or discussed the uh, awfulness of uh, being a kink dispenser. And there are many people both men and women, who really want a kink dispenser. They really do. That's essentially what they want. The relationship is all about their kink. Okay? I find, generally speaking, that a lot of uh, folks who are very tied to a particular fetish are uh, those type of people who want me to be their, their or who have wanted me to be their kink dispenser. Uh, that's why I have a lot of difficulty, not all the time, but most of the time, with people who are fetishists. Um, it is all about their particular kink. So if you're working with a power bottom who is a fetishist, you can end up very easily, extraordinarily easily, uh, becoming a kink dispenser. And a, a very good example of that is somebody who is just... Um, whichever way they do it, who is just totally and completely involved in wanting to either massage your feet, see your feet, lick your feet, smell your feet, do whatever it is, but it's got to do with their feet. Right. Okay. If you want to do anything else, they're resistant. They're right. not interested. I had, I had gotten an email where the guy wanted to meet me. And I said, I don't meet people unless I meet you at a munch or a play party. Because if you meet at a munch, that means you're capable of going out in public. And and he wrote back that uh, he was not going to share me with anybody at a munch. And we were going to go to the park. And he was going, we're going to have a picnic and he was going to suck on my toes. Uh, uh, that was the extent of the relationship. Well, thank you very much. I'll pass. And <laughs> <laughs> there was no negotiation. 
I wasn't allowed to. I said, let's go to a munch. She said, no, I'm not sharing you. We're not going to a munch. We're going to go to the park, and you're going to have a picnic, and I'm going to suck on your toes at the picnic. That's a foot fetishist. That's a power bottom foot fetishist that we can all do without. Because, um, he, well, he didn't acknowledge that I had needs. Right. It was all about his king right. and his idea. And, and he was objectifying he you into just your feet. That It was all about your feet. It had nothing to do with anything above your knees. And he refused to go to a munch. He didn't want to waste right. his time at a munch. Wow. So that's a little bit. That, not a little bit. That is outrageously over the line. Yeah. When you can't even negotiate to, and it's not always tit for tat. It's not always, you know, like that. Even long-term relationships, you don't get everything you want all the time. Sometimes it's for you. Sometimes it's for him. Sometimes you do a little bit this. Sometimes you do a little more of that. It's an exchange. It's a power exchange. There's that word, power exchange. And it's not, you don't keep it on the ticker. Okay, we spanked you yesterday. Now we, you know, now you touch my feet. It's an exchange and you're both good for each other. And and you understand that, okay, well, I pegged him yesterday, but I didn't get spanked. But that's okay because I got spanked last week. Right. Um... We're talking about the people who are like, peg me, peg me, peg me, peg me, peg me, peg me, peg me. Yeah. And that's too much. That's too much of talking from the bottom. It's too much of being a power bottom. Now, to me, um, one of the things that that I use to um, uh, describe a power bottom is someone who is very, very, very comfortable in that role. Okay? And they do not see themselves as anything being less, anyone being less than another, okay? They see their position as a power bottom because of the power exchange as giving over something extraordinarily uh, valuable, okay, to the other person that they are seening with. And that uh, value, of course, that valuable uh, aspect is, is, is them. They're giving over their, um, uh, body, their mindset, uh, their heart, autonomy, their heart and soul. Absolutely. And so they're giving that over and that's a very valuable exchange. So when we say power bottom, it doesn't necessarily have to be, um, in a negative, in a negative way, but we can also be talking about power bottoms as being switches because a lot of people who switch when they switch to the role of being on the bottom become power bottoms because they can't get out of their mindset. Okay. They really cannot get out of their mindset. So at that point, you are going to have a power bottom who's been, who's going to switch with you. And he's going to say, I want you to use this, 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 and this. And because this person is a switch and that's their mindset, you may be more uh, eager to accede to whatever it is they want to do. However, you can still have a lot of fun with that because now you're in a position with your top on the bottom and you can give a little bit of sass 
to your top who is now on the bottom. And as long as you folks have agreed to it beforehand, okay, either through a contract, some sort of communication, some sort of negotiation, um, you've agreed. This is, this is how it's going to be. So, yes. how do you handle, what do you do with a whiny do me sub? Well, first thing I would do with a whiny do me sub is put a really nice gag in their mouth. That's for sure. Yes. There are so many wonderful gags out on the market. No, seriously. And there are gags that you can make yourself. And of course, there are hoods that include gags. And that is, um, that's one, one, one way to really, really handle a smart-ass masochist. Because they can't talk. And they can't <laughs> maneuver their facial expressions to like... Uh, you know, carry now, on with you. For safety. Yes. I'm going to make a safety note with gags. Right. If you are going to gag your bottom, you need a safe signal. Absolutely. So if they're gagged, you need to put their underwear in their hand. Right. And if they drop their underhand, uh, drop the underwear on the floor, it is a signal to you that they need intervention of some yeah kind. usually being able to breathe so you also don't want to put gags i mean this is just you know this is this is just common sense you don't want to put a gag in the mouth of somebody who has a cold because if their nose is stuffed up you're going to have yes. a severely um, affected bottom so it gags are good you can even get gags that have holes that's right in them that so for breathing and everything but just have a safe uh a, something else that you know, if they lift their right leg, then they need assistance of some kind. Doesn't necessarily mean the scene's going to end or stop. I have an itch and I can't scratch it. Can you scratch it for me, please? Right. And you something, can also do you know. something as simple as whisper into the ear of your now gag smart ass masochist and say, uh, I've got you gagged up because I just want you to shut up right now. But are you doing okay? Are you all right? In Not. other words, Check in with yes. your bottom under every kind of play type thing Just you do. Check in. It doesn't hurt to check in. Okay, smart ass masochist. You've really been a pain in the ass through this whole scene, but it's not over yet. But before I go on and give you a little of what you've been given to me, are you okay? I'm checking in with you. Yes. That's all. So that's, we, you know, when you cut off one of the... Us five senses you always want to make sure without a doubt because um what we we talk about being safe sane and consensual a lot of times we're going to be safe a lot of times we're going to be consensual but we're not always as sane as we should be um everybody can make mistakes and things along along those lines so it's really a good idea to emphasize under any kind of scene and that's what we're doing right now Whatever it is that you're doing, you're talking about safety. You're always coming back to the same thing, which is safety. You don't want to, well, as I like to say, you want to hurt. Sure, I'd love to hurt him, but I don't want to harm him. And that is, that is, that is the reality. Okay, so you're always going to check in. But in terms of in punishment coming in and things like that, you know, when, when somebody crosses the line, yeah, there's punishment. So what is the line? Well, you've got to negotiate that ahead of time. What is the line? You know, I'll take this, this, and this. But if you go too far, then this, this, and this is going to happen. 
Right. So this is a negotiation always. Now punishment, you know, punishment, and we we say punishment. Um, That has already been part of your negotiation. Maybe it's part of your contract. We did a whole episode on contracts right. some months ago. Um, so you you can't just blanketly punish a bottom if you've not negotiated punishment into your dynamic. Uh, and you certainly wouldn't punish someone that uh, pick up play in the dungeon. Because again, punishment is meant to change behavior. Uh, punishment is a whole nother thing. So we'll have a whole episode on that coming what up was as that? well. Punishment? Punishment. Punishment. Ooh, that sounds interesting. <laughs> but we have a whole episode coming up on punishment versus punishment. So, again, the punish the ideal of punishment is to change behavior. If this is someone that you have a consensual non-consent with, and punishment is part of that consensual non-consent, you could then, if they're too, you know, sassy or too lippy or just downright rude, getting to the rude or or bordering doomy, bordering on the doomy sub, you could take out that cane that they hate. Well, they agreed to it, but they hate it. It's the most feared toy in the bag. Right, right, right. You right. take that sucker out. Right. And you... Parade it in front of them for right. you, to, you know, lay it on top right there in front of them and talk about how they're going to get that because they, you, you know, you've had enough. Well, I guarantee you that they will uh, change their tune. You can also use punishment uh, as a threat within a scene as well. If you keep up that mouth of yours, I'm going to get. Uh, I'm going to get a couple of Legos out of my purse and make you kneel on them. Okay. Anybody who's ever had children with Legos, <laughs> that, that is a pain worse than anything. Oh, it, it's awful. It's oh really, but you can use that as a threat of punishment. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, you could say it. Even if you never way. actually go oh, through course, with it, but right? the threat of it is right. sometimes all that's necessary. Or take a couple of Legos out of your pocket and put them in front of your um, uh, smart ass masochist's eyes and say, see these? They're fun to play with, but you know it's even more fun watching you kneel on them the next time you open up your mouth. Now, how about this scenario? The difference between in the public dungeon, sassy in front of other people, but not a show in front of other people, or sassy and disobedient and obnoxious in private. Like where, you know, like... What's their motivation? Are they playing to the public? Are they looking for attention? That's me. I'm an attention whore. I think this was something that I was going to say before and I got off topic. But, you know, entertaining the masses masses in the dungeon is generally speaking uh, not very acceptable to most people. Uh, (laughs) Showing off in the dungeon, you know, performing, performance. This is not performance space. Oh, I don't know about that because I see it all the time. I have seen people do things in the dungeon, which is very, very obvious 
to get as much um, attention as possible oh, I from the other denizens. Any, I wouldn't know anybody right. that does that. I don't know now. anybody who does it either, right? <laughs> Except everybody we know. No, no seriously. I, <laughs> um, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, okay? A lot of people uh, do think it is, but I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. And the reason I don't think it's a bad thing is because one of the ways who that I think that we really uh, find gratification in the scene is is people liking us and people approving of us. This is why we wear scene clothing. This is why we have uh, we spend unbelievable amounts of money on toys. This is why when we uh, watch somebody do a rigging and they have purple, yellow, and red rope. Gorgeous, mm, absolutely mm, beautiful, mm. and they do this, do this scene like say the shibari rope bondage with the most beautiful corset made on a on a on a body on a woman's body or a man's body for that matter in three colors of rope. I mean, absolutely gorgeous. Now, if that isn't showing off, I don't know what is personally. Okay, is it such a crime to show off? No, I don't think it's a crime at all. I think it's a lot of fun. Now. This does not mean that you control everything that's going on in the dungeon. Remember, you are with one particular piece of equipment and, and, and you're dominant or you're submissive and all of that kind of stuff in one little section. And if you're too loud or too crazy, you're going to disturb other people's right. scenes as well. So you're not there to entertain the masses. However, if that's something you really want to do, do a demo. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> Go to an well, event and present a demo. It... it, it. It's identifies a power bottom. Right. Identifies a Sam. I'm also an exhibitionist. So getting that paddle that has that very nice loud resounding smack doesn't hurt all that much, but boy does it pack a smack. Yeah. Smack. And everybody's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that person. Right. If right. you see me in the dungeon, more than likely, I'm in the middle. Yeah. yeah. I'm not in the far off yeah. recesses of right. the dungeon that are kind of quiet and out of the way spaces. Oh, no, no. I'm smack dab in the middle. Right. Exhibitionism uh, is an interesting thing on its own. Um there are a lot of aspects to it. There are a lot of psychological aspects to it. And a lot of the times, um, it is really nothing more than just showing off in front of people. And I see nothing wrong with that, particularly if everybody else is doing it. Besides that gorgeous outfit and those beautiful toys that you've just spent, you know, a week's paycheck on, um, it's, it's fun. It's fun to use them in front of other people and things along those lines, just as you know, just as long as you know what you're going to do beforehand okay because i mean it's not a fun thing you're not going to be having fun when all of a sudden what you do comes totally and completely out of the blue and it's not shall we say an agreed upon part of the dynamic it just came out of your head or something along those lines Ask before you do it. And you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's like I said, was saying before, you can check in, you know, I did so-and-so or whatever, and I have an inkling that I would really enjoy doing X to you. By the way, is everything okay with you? Are you feeling okay? I'm checking in. Do that. Mm -hmm. And then there you go. There you go. Okay. Um, 
So don't shy away from no. these types of play because they don't fit into that little, oh, you have to be 100% obedient. And don't and take yourself so seriously. Have fun with it. Experiment with it. Try it out. See? Just as long, as long as it's okay between the two of you. Yeah. You know, you might find, wow, that was a lot of fun. That was more fun than I thought it was going to be. Right. Open yourself up right. to to these new experiences, and you might find these challenging bottoms to be very engaging and and very fulfilling. Because, and I agree a hundred percent with what you said a little while ago about it is a a gift that this totally dominant person is giving the dominant person on top this gift this yes. this um i don't even know what else to more than a gift it really is just the gift of dominance right. this gift of power yeah that this very dominant person is now giving yeah. to this other dominant person yeah. yeah um so it's 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 very rewarding and it's very enriching type of play that and- if you Allow yeah, yourself. I, I totally agree. I totally, totally agree. And again, you know, uh, what I just said, don't don't take yourself so seriously. Now, I'm not saying everybody has to do this or this is something for everybody. But, you know, give it a shot. See, it. see where it goes. You might you know? love it. You might love it. You might have a lot of fun. You might be laughing in the dungeon, which is much better than, uh, shall we say, talking amongst, amongst your friends in the dungeon, which is a big no-no. Um, so... Laugh in the dungeon. Why not? Why not? And speaking of laughing, one of the best punish- punishments ever uh, to my uh, smart-ass masochist from a couple of years back was when he was on the uh, St. Andrew's Cross. Uh, it was just wonderful. He was um, uh, he was on the cross with his, you know, his, 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 his arms were, you know, uh, bonded, bondaged up and he was not going anywhere. And he just said the wrong thing to me. And I grabbed his leg and I tickled the bottom of his foot till he cried out everything except his safe word. He could not remember. He was so freaking. And he was like, uncle, uncle, no, please. Ouch. No. Ooh, ooh. But never the safe word. And, and it was like, oh, I was having a great time. I really was. And so were other people watching us because it was pretty obvious what was going on. And after this particular scene, he said to me, can you like, you know, like maybe like put a safe word with tape right in front of where my face is if you help me up there again? Because I couldn't even remember it. I was so freaked out but he loved every minute oh, of every don't minute. get me wrong so, yeah it was really amazing so use your imagination and have fun with this yes now we're going to move on to our next segment we have a new segment that we've started doing with the podcast we're very excited about it we want and we call it ask the mistress we are on Instagram at uh, Two Kinky Women. Find us on Instagram, and you can ask us questions, and we'll answer them. We take a question a month, uh, and we will answer uh, these questions on future episodes. So this month's question is: uh, 
What so, is this month's question? This is one of my favorite questions. We know a lot about this. We did a whole episode on yes, this. Yes, we did. But somebody actually was asking about again. this. And I said, whoa, let's talk about it again because this is a big this topic. This is a big Okay, so how to get more pleasure and less pain from anal sex and pegging. Yeah. And is pegging the same as anal sex? Pegging is when the woman is on top and the man is on the bottom. Specifically, the woman on top, man in the bottom okay. is called pegging. So we're not talking about um, uh, people who um, uh, are, it's not a man on man thing. It's not, um, it, it's a, in other words, it's a person who does not have uh, naturally has a penis having using a strap on using a strap on okay so that's generally considered pegging, pegging okay. yes so the question is how do i get more pleasure and less pain okay. from pegging well the obvious thing here is lube lube and more lube and then more lube and then when you think you have enough lube more lube more lube lube and use copious amounts they sell it Everywhere. You can buy by the vat, you know, just more lube. But use the right lube with the right toys. Yeah, and we are, we are making an assumption here that you knew, know the right lube for the right toys. Right toys. There are silicone toys. There are rubber toys. There are plastic toys. There are all different kinds of toys. There are all different kinds of lube. There's water-based lube. There is lube that is made specifically to work with silicone toys. Otherwise, that lube can destroy your uh, $150, yeah, $150 dildo. So, my suggestion for pegging in particular and anal sex in particular, a water-based lube is best because it absorbs right into the skin. And right into the rectal tissues. And so there's no issues there. We don't have to worry about any kind of reactions. Water-based lubes are the best. KY, it has a, a lube that's halfway between a liquid and a jelly. That stuff is awesome. It's And like that right has been middle. around since... Forever. God only knows when. Forever. Really, forever. So my other and it's very inexpensive. Oh my I God. Are you kidding me? When I, I stuck up, I buy like six bottles of lube. The thing that I, that <laughs> about the about the KY that is so interesting is you know when you go uh, on onto a website from a uh, adult toy emporium, or you go into an adult toy emporium, you see the prices on some of these lubes. It's just absolutely amazing that they can get that kind of money. You've got a lube for this and a lube for that. Not only what it's made of, but this one is for anal sex. This one is for vaginal sex. This one uh, is for men. This one is for women. This one works with these kind of toys. This you one use heats KY. up. Yeah, exactly. This heats up. This one has a flavor. Many flavors. Okay. So the thing is, good old KY. <clears throat> and KY, believe it or not, has different formulations as well. And there yes, are a couple that are three. fabulous stuff. Yes. Yeah, so you want to get the one that's in the middle. It's right. not the liquid and it's not the jelly. Right. It's right in the middle. That stuff is freaking awesome. Anyway, uh, my another suggestion. Do not start with the, oh my God, big fucking dildo. <laughs> The, Is that what it says on the package? Yes. Oh my God, big fucking dildo. Yes. I've seen those at events. <laughs> the oh my G, you know, OMG fucking dildo. Right. You don't want to start with the Mac Daddy penis that's six feet long. You know, like, you don't do that. Your body was not designed 
to have something that big shoved in it right away. We have great things attached to our bodies. They're called pinkies. <laughs> A little teeny tiny finger. You know what you start with? Start with your pinky. Yeah. Put a glove on. Right. A little pinky. That's it. And then you get comfortable with the sensation. You get comfortable with feeling full, having a fuller feeling. You go to the sex toy store. You get a little tiny. They make training sets. Yes, That's actually do. what they're called. Butt plug training sets. Butt plug training right. set. And it's a little teeny tiny thing. And then they have like a little big one. So you start off with like an inch, one inch, and you know, one inch wide or one inch tall, you know, long. Then when you're comfortable with that one, it should never, ever, ever on any way, shape, or form be painful. Right. We're not talking about edge play here. It's if it's painful, you're doing it wrong. Right. Right. Back it down, back it up. Add more lube, use a smaller toy, use a different toy. Don't use a long one, use a thicker one. And may I add a another thing? Which, that's, that's right, that's right, absolutely. May I add another thing um, that is important in this regard as well, uh, which is your comfort level about this part of your anatomy. A lot of people are squicked by mm, S play. The ick and factor. The ick factor as they as they like to say and a lot of times what I like to say to people is take the prep situation into your own hands if you expect that this is part of the play that you're going to indulge in take the prep into your own hands and take care of yourself clean yourself out if this is what you're concerned about then do that okay let's make sure we're in the best position that we can possibly be in why have that in the back of your mind? Like, oh my God. This like, might be an Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not something you need to worry about if you take your preparation ahead of time. And I always recommend that because, particularly um, with people who don't have experience, because they are, they really want it, but they're really worried that something might happen. Now, you can find a partner who's okay with, with, the ick factor. With the possible, the possibility right. of ick. Right. Uh, I cannot do that. I cannot do the prep okay. situation. So you don't, on. but you do other things and you know your body to a certain yes. extent. And okay. my partner is fine with the possibility of ick. Okay, so here but comes the other thing that we talk about. Nine times Negotiation ten, no and ick. communication ahead of time. Yeah. These are nice things to talk about yes. ahead of so, time. More lube, the right lube, training. Do not start with the, oh my God, big dildo. Start with the pinky. And foreplay. And move on up. And foreplay. Lots of foreplay. Lots of foreplay. Uh, get yourself familiar feeling with the feeling of being full. That's what you get. And if you find that the, the, the butt plug is too long... Well, you don't have to have one that's so long. You can get one that's thicker and make and, and you can feel fuller without feeling like it's too long cuz the rectum is only so long. Then you start hitting with small intestines and large intestines. We don't want to go that far, obviously. You just want the the nerve endings where the anus 
and, and the rectum. Um, and for a man, it is a stimulation of the prostate. Of the prostate. And it's extraordinarily effective. Oh, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. For women, it's wonderful. Yeah. Because you're hitting the underside of the clit. That's right. So That's if you're wonderful. playing with the clit on the surface of the skin, and you've got a butt plug in underneath the other side of that clit, holy shit. Yeah, absolutely. you got a lot going on there. That's absolutely. pretty awesome it's shit. It's really true. It's um, really true. So those are our best suggestions to go slow, enjoy, lube, lots of lube, lube, more lube, and some more lube. And in case we haven't said it, lube, more lube. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I think that wraps it up for this exciting episode. So if you have any questions or comments on anything that you've heard in the episode about power bottoms or our ask the mistress question if you have any questions for the ask the mistress section we would be so happy if you could email us at tkw at two kinkywomen.com that's the numeric two tkw at two kinkywomen.com sign up for the newsletter and you get your free downloadable beginner's guide to kink (laughs) it's got great and what else do you get every month you also get just one email a month we do not blanket your email and you will get uh another downloadable goodie that i i create all of the uh graphics Yes, and, and Midnight Ladies graphics are just terrific. Uh, She's really good at it. You'll love them. Go to the website at uh, com and download your beginner, your your infographic, which we release every month. You get the infographic. That sounds great. We really do want to hear from you. Do you have suggestions? Is there something you want to Topics. hear? Is there somebody you'd like us to interview? Do you know someone? Have you written a book? Or have you presented a particular topic at an event? Get in touch with us. We want to hear from you. Absolutely. We are two kinky women. Oh, we want with you, you to be kinky, kinky too. too. Bye-bye. Till Bye. the next time. Thank you.